You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is entitled, Ye Must Be Born Again by Joe Keim and is part two of three. Go with me now to John chapter one. John chapter one, I love this chapter. In, in John chapter one, verse 12, it says, but as men as received him, to them gave he the power to become children of God. As many as received him, I always say, well, you can know if, 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 if my pen represented Jesus, you can know all about Jesus. You can learn about him and go around telling everybody about Jesus. But until you receive him, he's not yours. He's a free gift. And in this scripture, in, in John chapter 1, verse number 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become the children of God. And then he goes on and look at verse number 13, the very next verse. This, here, here's church, what I want us to get here. This new birth that we're talking about is, is not like the natural birth in that it is a supernatural birth. It's not something that you can decide to do. You cannot put it on your schedule and decide out there somewhere, I'm going to get born the second time. This is totally a work of God. This is supernatural. It's out of our hands, okay? Look at verse number 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but tell me, church, born of who? God. This is a work of God entirely 100% a work of God. So what he's saying is, this is not a blood birth. This is not a physical birth like the first one. Like he said in John chapter 3, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. There are two different, different births. So this birth this supernatural birth that we're talking about is not a physical birth. Then he goes on, he says, nor of the will of the flesh. It's not something that husband and wife sit down one day. Hey, our child has now reached that age, maybe six or seven or eight years old. We think they will understand it. Let's sit down together and let's tell them about Jesus and he or she will get saved. It's not something that husband and wife or dad and mom can put together. It's outside of our reach. And then he goes on and says, nor is it of the will of man. There's no preacher, there's no leader in the entire world that has the power to make this supernatural birth come together. It is not. It's completely out of our hands. We can do nothing except pray. And we're going to look at it. Maybe I shouldn't say we can do nothing. We can, really. We can do something. But I mean, as far as the birth itself goes... It is strictly of God. It is strictly of God. Go with me to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. While you're turning, um, 
Actually, no, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm sorry. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. I forgot to look what time it was when I started. Um, so, okay? Okay. We'll just keep preaching then. Okay, so go, to, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 23. We're talking about the new birth, okay? And, and here Peter writes about the new birth, and we want to read it. Verse number 23. He says here, being born again. See that? Born the second time. And then he says, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I am very, I'm, I'm more sure today than ever before that when we sit down and we share the gospel with anybody, we need the word of God. It's, you know, just like you and I wouldn't have been born the first time without the seed being passed, so it is with the second birth. The word of God itself is the seed that is passed. And it's that seed, which is the word of God, that will cause someone's eyes to be opened up and see their need for Christ and reach out and receive him and make him their savior. This new birth is very much uh, based on the word of God. And here's a commentary. I just want to read this. Just as in all birth, just as all birth come from seeds, so this supernatural birth comes from a seed. But this isn't the physical seed of a plant or a seed of a man. The seed that produces salvation is God's word. And just as it would be foolish for a woman to expect to deliver a child who has never had the seed of a man planted in her womb, so it is foolish to expect anyone to be saved without planting the seed of God's word in your heart. You see how it's so important. And I remember when I was a young Christian, we left the Amish and we started going to this church. And back then, soul winning on Thursday nights was a huge deal, okay? Everybody came to the church on Thursday nights. I was this young Christian. I came too, and they, they you know, put us together with other people, and we went out from door to door, and I was just so passionate. I just wanted everybody to know about salvation. And I, and about six months into this, I began to wonder, boy, I wonder what would happen if somebody says, I don't know if I'm saved or not, and I would like to be saved. What would happen? I, I started, you know, thinking about that. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what verses I would go to. And uh, it was then that we went through some kind of a soul winning program. And to this day, I still use those steps. It's sort of the Romans wrote. But it is important that when we go out uh, and share the gospel, that we have the scriptures in our hand. And there's plenty of information out there. Uh, that will guide you through and help, help them to see that they are, this is how my program went, teach them that they are a sinner. Teach them that their sin will send them to hell. Teach them that Jesus came to save them from their sin. And number five, four, teach them that if they will, they can receive Christ and be saved. So those are the kind of the steps that someone has to go through. And the thing that I think sometimes that if we're not really careful, we will not explain the depth of our sin to those that need to be saved. I think sometimes it's not that we don't. Uh, most people know that they're a sinner. 
most people know that God is here and I'm here and I can't get there. But oftentimes people will kind of think the way we did or I did when I was growing up. I thought that I would do the best that I could. And if I did really, really good, I could maybe reach the 80% mark. Maybe on certain days I reached a 90% mark. I knew I could never reach the 100% mark, but that's where Jesus came in. What I couldn't reach, Jesus would fill in. So I, I knew I was a sinner, but I didn't realize that I was, a, I was much more than a sinner. I, even my good works were filthy rags. I had silch to offer God. I was completely doomed, cut off, and on my way to hell. There was no chance for me. And on that day when I got saved, I realized that. And I realized that it took 100% of Jesus and his finished work to give this man life. And we have to help them understand of how, how sinful and what sin has done separated me from God. We have to help them see that. Okay, let's move now to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. So we've seen here that, that salvation or the new birth is so important. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter nor can he see ever the kingdom of God. And then we saw that this new birth is completely supernatural. It is a work of God. And then we saw that this new birth, in order for it to happen, it must be planted, implanted with the word of God. And now we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As much as this is a work of God, God chose us to help him reach the world for Christ. And so look at verse uh, number, chapter 3, verse number 4. For while one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man? Now look at this next verse. Paul writes, I have planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that gives the increase. So here's the deal, church. Um, it's not true that God chooses who will save and who will condemn and send to hell. That's not true. For whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever. A lot of times when I'm sitting down with somebody and I've gone through the, the, the Romans road or the plan of salvation, I'll come to this point point. I'll say, now, let's put your name. If John will call upon the name of the Lord, John shall be saved. Because it's now up to you, John. Jesus did his part. He paid it all. But you can choose to reject it or receive that. In this case, God chose us, church, to go out and to plant and water the seed. Sometimes, as, a, as Christians, we want so badly to see the increase, right? I do. I mean, if I... If, if I don't see the increase, I, I feel like I failed sometimes. And that's not true. Because he has not, because we're not the one that 
can make the increase work. I remember one time sitting in my basement, and this was a, he was a kind of a um, heavy set, burly kind of guy. He was from um, Pennsylvania, and he had come to our ministry, and uh, he was had a little bit of problems with alcohol and, and didn't have a lot of friends. And, and there we were, sitting in my basement. And for two hours, I wanted so badly to see him see the need for salvation. And he just wouldn't get it. And he just wouldn't get it. And I realized suddenly that I cannot make this man get saved, no matter how real it is to me. No matter how badly I wanted him to get saved, I cannot make it happen. And you kind of have to sit back and say, all I can do is plant and water. Sometimes I'm the one that plants the seed. Sometimes I'm the one that comes along and waters it. And sometimes I get to see the increase happen right before me. You know what? The guy that sees the, the increase happening is no better than the guy that does the sowing and the, and, and the watering. We're all in this together. It's, it's us doing our part, God doing his part, and together once in a while we'll see it happen. And let me tell you, when it happens, a life will be changed for all eternity. That person cannot ever be perfect because God, Paul says, that the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, that's exactly what I do, and I'm, I'm at this war. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And then he goes right into Romans chapter 8. And he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So there is this struggle. There's no such thing as perfection. But I believe with all my heart that if somebody has been radically born the second time, then there's something that shows up that would not otherwise show up. Fruit of the, the Spirit. Um, faithfulness, committedness. You know what I believe? I believe those people have a desire to jump in and get involved. I believe those people roll their sleeves up and says, where do I fit in? What are my gifts? Where can I help? I believe that's a child of God. And I believe people who come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, they're faithful, but they're not involved. And then I wonder, how can these things be, Lord? Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.